from NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. It's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Hello, everybody. Hi. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We have four brilliant contestants backstage right now. They are actually discussing a nightmare one of them had where he was the duck in a turducken. (laughs) But soon they're going to be up here playing our nerdy games, and one of them will become our big winner. And we have not one but two guests on our show. From Orange is the New Black, we have Dasha Polanco. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, there's a lot of female nudity on that show, but it's realistic female nudity. It is the only show where I stare at naked women's bodies and go, yeah, I will order a pizza. Uh, also, we have another comedian on our show. We have Mo Ammer is going to be talking with me on the stage. Yeah. Mo is from Kuwait, uh, but then moved to Houston, Texas as a child. Yeah, the only thing Kuwait and Houston have in common is they both don't care about your trip to Austin. <laughs> um, Thanksgiving is around the corner. No, finally. It's finally here. People say that the most divisive thing at a Thanksgiving table is, of course, politics. But no, there was one thing more divisive. Cranberry sauce. (laughs) Cranberry sauce. How do you feel about cranberry sauce? I don't care for it. You don't don't like cranberry sauce? No. You know why? I think cranberry is a garbage berry. Garbage berry? I think it was a a surprising pushback. Surprising amount of pushback. You don't like it. How many people here by applause do not like cranberry sauce? Fair selection, fair selection. How many people here do like cranberry sauce? Straight out of the can, yeah. Straight out of the can, like in the shape of the can with the can's indentation still on it. Like it will never escape its past. It will never elevate from its former self. That sound it makes when it oozes out of the can, yeah, that is like music to our Thanksgiving ears. We look at it lovingly as we glop it onto our plates and ask, are you even cranberry at all? (laughs) But the answer is, it doesn't matter, does it? No, because whatever air of sophistication we are hiding behind, whoever we are pretending to be on Thanksgiving, that beautiful 99-cent can of cranberry glop reminds us that really we're all just trash. And that's why I love cranberry sauce. Uh, We have a lot of fun games on this show. We're playing a game about actors who play multiple roles in the same project. Uh, Listeners actually don't know this, but I play multiple roles on Ask Me Another. I play the host. I play Jonathan Colton. That's true. I do all the contestants, the celebrity guest, the audience, the bells. That's my work. I think we're doing great. Let's play some games, everybody. Our first game is about girl and boy scout merit badges. 
Let's meet our contestants. First up, Karen Chi. You're a comedy writer and a fiddle player. Do you ever play publicly? Uh, oh, if audiences are like willing to bear with me, yes. Are 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 you good? Uh, I no, not really. Okay. I play for fun. <laughs> I'm not did... part of like a professional band or anything. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Do you have a dream gig in your head? Yes, I do. Oh. Um, I grew up in Northern California, and I lived near like barns. I guess where they'd be like 40 minutes to an hour from where I lived and they would have monthly barn dances and there would be this band that was always there and I dreamed of being the fiddler for that band. You want to be a fiddler in a barn? Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty great. Thank you. That's pretty great. (laughs) So when you ring in, we're going to hear this. Your opponent is Sam Jaffe. You're a high school teacher in New York City. So Sam, as a hobby, you like to cook eggs in novel ways. Oh, Oh, man. Those are your words. Yeah, it's embarrassing to have on the radio. Yeah, that's my. It's a hobby I have. It's I lo- experimenting. I love eggs. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, my current method, I think it's a six and a half minute egg at a rolling boil. It's my uh, my oh. tour de force right now. Is that, yeah. is that a hard boil or a soft boil or a medium six and a half? The minutes? water or the the, the water the is one, a hard no, egg, hard the egg, boil. The egg. at six and a half minutes, which leaves like a soft boiled egg. I like the soft boiled egg. <laughs> Okay, Sam, when you ring in, we're going to hear this. Karen and Sam, whoever has more points after two games will go on to our final round. Let's start with a guessing game called Real or Fake Merit Badge. It's simple. We're going to describe a Boy or Girl Scout merit badge. You just have to ring in and tell us if it's real or if we made it up. But be careful, because if you're wrong, your opponent will automatically get the point. Here we go. At the next Boy Scout Jamboree, who needs a campfire when you've earned your badge in nuclear science? Sam. Real? Yeah, it's real. I know. I know. Is that like a camping trip to Three Mile Island? Like, what's... (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. In Girl Scouts, you'll easily solve the mystery of who stole the Thin Mints with the skills you picked up earning the detective badge. Karen. Real? Yeah, also real. That's correct. It's always dad. <laughs> it's always dad. <laughs> dad ate the cookies. Any sorry. Uh, requirements include fingerprint for fun. I love the uh, couching of that. Woo, fun fingerprinting. <laughs> also, blood, blood spatter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Delightful. Young men learn that they're not the center of the universe when they earn this badge in empathy. Real or fake? Karen. Real. Oh, no, they oh, tried, but they no should. one could fulfill the requirements. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that one is fake. As a Girl Scout, avoid online phishing scams before your next fishing trip by earning a badge in cybersecurity. Sam. Real. Yeah, that is real. Acquire lifelong skills that will help you conquer public radio game shows with your Girl Scout merit badge in trivia. Fake. Karen. Totally fake. That's right. Maybe redesign the Boy Scout logo as you learn all about typefaces with your badge in graphic arts. Sam. Real? Yes, that is absolutely real. Oh, the font in that badge better not be Comic Sans. (laughs) 
All right, this is your last clue. Close your ears, vegans. The Girl Scouts added a badge called Gutting an Animal after the Hunger Games trilogy became bestsellers, real or fake? <laughs> Sam. Real? It's not real. It's fake. It's ah. fake. It's fake. All right. Well, that was a great game. Sam, you are currently in the lead. Our next game is about actors who play multiple roles in the same movie. Did you know that Danny DeVito played both leading roles in the movie Twins? Most people think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's really DeVito on an apple box with a wig. So I'll play a clip of an actor performing opposite themselves. You just tell us what TV show or movie it's from. And the points are double. What? (laughs) Sam, stay in the lead, and you're in the final round. Karen, you need to get more points, or you have to watch my college film, where I play myself, my mother, and my lover. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Myself, My Mother, and My Lover. (laughs) It's 200 minutes long, and it's all one take. Your first clip features Haley Mills. Don't you find it peculiar that we both look so much alike? And have the same birthday. It's just one of those things. Isn't it? Karen. The parent trap. That is right, the parent trap. <laughs> we went for the 1961 version, not which is the original version, not the 1998 remake with Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> this clip is of Army Hammer. Cameron Winklevoss, W-I-N-K-L-E-V-O-S-S. Cameron spelled the usual way. Tyler Winklevoss. Tyler spelled the usual way, and my last name is the same as my brother's. Carrot. The Social Network? That is correct, yeah. That's a Facebook movie. Army Hammer. Mm, I wish there were two of him. (laughs) In this clip, we'll hear from Tatiana Maslany. You just broke the first rule of Clone Club. What? Never tell anyone about Clone Club. Hmm. Sam. Spring Breakers? That's an interesting poll. Karen, can you steal? I'm afraid I can't. Anyone out there now? Orphan Black. That's Orphan Black. Oh, too scary for me. Stick with Spring Breakers. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Spring Breakers is really more my speed, by the way. Here's Eddie Murphy playing an entire family in a 1996 movie. I would like to volunteer to take this old bird out of her misery. Cletus, don't you dare say something like that about mom. Oh, no, you ain't got to protect me from Cletus. Come on, Cletus. Come on. <laughs> Sam. Nutty Professor. Yeah, that's right. Nutty Professor. What Nicolas Cage movie is this from? I pitched my screenplay to mom. Don't say pitch. Sorry. Anyway, she said it was Silence of the Lambs meets Psycho. Well, maybe you guys could collaborate. I hear mom's really good with structure. Sam. Adaptation. That's correct. (laughs) Finally, here's Lisa Kudrow. So what's new with you? Um, nothing. I mean, I'm getting married next week. What? Karen. Friends. That is correct, yeah. That's Phoebe's meaner twin, Ursula. 
All right, that was a great game. Uh, and guess what? Karen, you are moving on to our final round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Karen in our final round. And I'll talk to Dasha Polanco. She's actually the fifth cast member from Orange is the New Black to be on our show. So I'll ask her all the same questions I asked the other cast members. And later, we'll edit all the interviews together in a Rashomon-style examination of truth and unreliable memories. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast comes from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Crown Archetype, publisher of The Moth Presents Occasional Magic. This collection of true stories from The Moth Podcast features writers Meg Wolitzer, Adam Gopnik, and me, Ophira Eisenberg, plus many more, all sharing stories about finding strength to face the impossible. The Moth Presents Occasional Magic is out now. What does what you eat or don't eat say about who you are and where you fit in? It's the memories and the feelings of nostalgia that is what connects you to your family. It's not chicken or beef or pork. This is Gene Demby of NPR's Code Switch. This week on the menu, food and family. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Our first special guest stars as Daya Diaz on Orange is the New Black. Please welcome Dasha Polanco. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Ask Me Another. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so you're born in the Dominican Republic. Yes, immigrant. Yeah. And I voted for the second time around. Yeah. And then you moved to Brooklyn. Yes. I'm from Brooklyn. Like, Brooklyn, what it used to be when Red Hook was Red Hook. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so this was in the early 80s. You moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. So your parents, of course, were focused on you getting a good education. So you get a BA in psychology from Hunter College. Yeah. First, I got Kingsborough. I got my two-year degree. Thank you. That's okay. a big accomplishment. Yep. Um, and then I went to Hunter and did my BA. And then you're working in the medical field. While I was in college. While you were in college. Yes. Studying to be a nurse. I was never a college student without working. Right. I had to work and educate myself, yeah. which was very uh, exhausting. Exhausting. And um, I was working the overnight, and then I would rush to Hunter, 8 o'clock in the morning, organic chem. The easiest class to take easiest. at that time. But I did get an A minus, though. Nice. Um, which I was miserable because I was taking classes there in Hunter. You know, they specialize also in performing arts. Oh. And I wanted to do it so bad. And you and just see like, all the performing arts people there. Oh, my there. God. I couldn't stand them. I was like, ugh, I'm so jealous. So, So what pushed you over the edge as an adult with responsibilities and bills to pay? And, like, you're on this other path to go, no, I'm actually going to try to pursue my dream. It was complaining every day and being miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was always like telling myself, am I going to reach a certain time in my life where I'm going to look back and regret it? Or am I going to look back and say, I risked it 
and at least I risked it. But at this point, risking it was the best thing that I ever did, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first gig that you get is, it's an indie film called Gimme Shelter. Yes. But, I mean, it was kind of had some heavy hitters in it. Vanessa Hudgens was in it. Rosario Dawson was in it. James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Which was I'm most excited about. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I was yeah. obsessed. I know everybody yeah. watches like Star Wars, but for me, it was like coming to yeah. America. So then, a year later, you were about to walk away from acting. Yeah, like a year and a half later, because at the time, I needed consistency. Right, and you're not just taking care of yourself. No, I have you, you have you know, family. I have family. You know, yeah. I'm a parent of two, and I also lived with my siblings and my nieces and my partner at the time, my fiance. So there was a lot going on, yeah. and I had to either choose, am I going to continue doing this, or am I going to be secure and keep you know, the two jobs that I had at the time? I was taught, and I, and I believe that when you set your mind to do something, you have to be the top. You have to be the best at whatever it is, whether it's like custodian, then you're going to be the manager of custodians. That's right. So you have to like set your, your standards and your bar. And take pride in high. what you do. Yes. So I was doing that on the weekends and trying to figure out how I was going to fit in the clinicals and to, you know, complete the program, which is really tough to get into. Nursing programs are like a lottery, like it's 200 kids. And that's when I decided to say, I can't do this. I just have to give up. And I get the call for... um, For Orange is the New Black. Orange is the New Black. By the way, I didn't know what it was. I was like, whatever, I'll just audition and it is what it is. (laughs) Who cares? So what was your audition day like? It was... The day that I had to work overnight. <laughs> so perfect my already. Luck. And I totally mixed up the time and I was in my sweats and my hair was like, you know, when you work overnight, I think that you just look like a zombie throughout the day. So I wasn't in my best appearance. I was not going to put on makeup. I was just going to go get it over with. It was at that point where I was like, I really don't care. <laughs> right. I need to focus on like this nursing thing and keep on doing what I got to do. At least I got one role of something. I thought it was at 1.30 and actually the audition was at 12.45. Girl. <laughs> Luckily, there was no cops because I got in that Volkswagen GLI <laughs> and I got to the city and I went inside the room. I read for Jen and I left and I was like, whatever. I just, it is what it is. Yeah. I went home. I continued my life and I get the call. Oh, you got a call back. And I'm like, what? Yes, you got a call back. You have to go. Um, Saturday. And I'm like, who auditions on a Saturday? I have clinicals on Saturday. So what did you tell them? I I was honest with her. And I did something that you're not supposed to do if you audition. And I told them, can you please push the audition like an hour? She was like, oh, no problem. It's Saturday. We have a lot of people. I was like, yo. So I had to finish the dummy, the patient that was a dummy. Yep. You know, because we're doing clinicals, so you actually have to take care of the dummies as if they're patients uh, right. and take their vitals. And I was like, I can't win. You <laughs> make believe people. <laughs> so I had to do that. And then go to the audition, and then I auditioned. Wow. And then it works out. Then on Monday, I get the call from my manager saying, oh my God, you booked it. I can never forget the words. You booked it, your life is gonna change. Oh my God, and I'm like, what? (laughs) I just went outside and I started crying. I'm like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) But at the same time, I was like, I'm not leaving my jobs. This is not, come on, it can't be. You didn't trust it? No. Yeah. I stayed working even when I was in Orange. For how long? Until after the show came out and then they fired me. (laughs) 
but um, it was the best thing ever because I wouldn't have let it go and I wouldn't have embraced being an actress. Right. Looking back, I could say, yeah, I'm an actress. The real deal. Yeah, you could. I actually have credit. <laughs> Um, which is good. That's it's amazing. No, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and not only that, Origins of New Black is in its seventh season. Yeah. And last. Last and seventh yeah. and last season. And actually, you do some advocacy work with um, incarcerated women who yeah. are trying yeah. to mm-hmm. get back on their feet. Uh, and, and a lot of them are mothers. Yeah. Is that in part inspired by your character, uh, Daya, who had in the show, your character I has mean, a baby. it makes sense. Yeah. Right? Because of that. But I think that is just because I'm a woman. Um, and I also have family members that are incarcerated. And I think that it's not only women. I think also men. Um, and me having um, the opportunity to portray these a story. Yeah. And um, belong to such a show that's so important, I think, in, in the times of when it came out and what it has done. This show has so much effect with people, with um, artists, with um, real-life discussions, uh, political discussions. With women. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Even the opportunity that it lent to many of us. Without Orange, it's, I wouldn't have had a chance. I mean, I don't think that I'm more deserving than others, but for some reason, I was given that, that opportunity. And so, like, why not give back? Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. like, spread that energy so it keeps on repeating itself. Don't make me go deep, <laughs> because I could get real deep. All right, Dasha, are you ready for your Ask Me Another Challenge? Yes. Okay. So, uh, Dasha, we did a little Instagram stalking of you, mm. and we know you're fond of the hashtag, I smell good. Do I? I do. <laughs> you love perfumes. I do. I, I love smelling good. I love how confident I feel when I walk into a room, and that speaks before me and leaves right. a story and people behind. are like, I'm sure you, people are always like, oh my goodness, let me smell you, right? Yes, yes I know. all the time. I know. Okay, so your game is a breakthrough in olfactory trivia technology. <gasps> yes. It's called Smell This. Okay. I am going to pass you a vial containing an essential oil. Okay. Your task is to identify the scent. Okay. And if you do well enough, listener Vicki Mahoney from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania will win and ask me another Rubik's Cube. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to do this for you. But I'm here with you, and we have lots of material to work with. Okay, so I work with Ron Wingard, and he's like a perfumist, and he's taught me how to um, develop my smelling techniques. This is like a real thing. This is fantastic. Yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. so how do you do it? First of all, I have to close my eyes because it's you have to smell. You can't think about it. Good, yeah. Yes. Okay. There's a technique to it. You know what I mean? And yeah. You have to go back and forth because sometimes you're a factory bulb. Yeah. <laughs> Nursing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're on the right show for I that. I mean, everything People is connected. Love that. Yeah, yeah, everything good, good. is connected. <laughs> Human anatomy. <laughs> but let's do this. Come okay. on. Okay, so here we go. Number one. The plant this oil comes from is a member of the mint family. Ancient Romans used it in baths, and ancient Egyptians used it during the mummification process. Okay, well, I I wasn't crazy about history, but... (laughs) Here you go. Oh, my God. Some people use it as a sleep aid. Oh, this is lavender. Yeah, that's right. Okay, here's your next one. This oil comes from a tree that supposedly got its name in the 1700s when British explorer Captain James Cook used its leaves to brew a beverage. However, the oil is toxic and should not be ingested. Smells so nutmeg-ish, but it's not. It's in a lot of shampoos. 
It's not tea tree. Yeah, that's tea that tree. That can't be tea tree. That's tea tree. That does not smell like tea tree. You sure these oils are not mixed up? That oh, that's tea tree. Come on now. No. I have tea tree. I refuse to believe that's tea tree. What brand is this? An, an inferior brand, clearly. <sighs> I'm going to have to go and punish my nose. Okay, this is going to be fine. The plant species this oil comes from is used to make citronella candles to repel mosquitoes. Oh but some it? beekeepers also use oh. this oil to attract honeybees. I don't like this smell. No. It's really strong. It's like lemongrass. Yeah, that's it. Lemongrass. This is your last clue. This oil comes from a plant that grows quickly and is considered an invasive species in parts of the United States, commonly used in Christmas candy. Peppermint. Yeah, you're amazing. Congratulations, Dasha. You and Vicky Mahoney won Ask Me to the Rubik's Cubes. Dasha Polanco stars in Orange is the New Black. The seventh and final season premieres on Netflix in summer of 2019. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Give it up for Dasha Polanco. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next, we'll play a music parody game about breakups. Breaking up with someone over text is so cold. Okay, the right way to do it is in person on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. First up, Rue Kolschrecht. You're studying clinical psychology, and you're a successful matchmaker. Three introductions you've put together have turned into weddings. Yes. Okay, so what's your secret to matching people? Um, being friends with people who are kind of desperate helps. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Rue, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Sarah Petit McClure. You're a PhD student studying special education. So as a older PhD student, you've said that you have a different set of challenges than your average classmate. What are some? Um, well, trying to understand the 27-year-old mindset sometimes is a little bit challenging. Um, <laughs> but overall, it's, it, uh, it helps me stay in the know with, yeah. with what's the hip trends right now. Okay, what's, <laughs> what are the hip trends right now? There's a, a phrase that some young people are using, at least in Syracuse, that someone, when you think they're attractive, they're called a snack. A snack. And that I had never heard before. So that was, that was a new one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I had to have it explained to me. It made so me feel pretty it, old. That does sound very temporary, though, I got to <laughs> yes, say. That yes, sounds like sure. just a swipe left and then you're done. <laughs> Sarah, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Rue and Sarah, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. Your next game is a music parody called Breaking Up. Jonathan Colson, take it away. We rewrote the post-breakup song You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. And now the lyrics are about things or people who broke up or are breaking up. Just ring in and identify what I'm singing about. You ready? Yep. Yep. Okay, here we go. I want you to know that they were a blues band named after the guy who bangs on the drums. Then there was Christine McVie, she's married to John McVie. They got divorced, these are not just rumors. 
And then there's also Stevie, who ended things with Lindsay. It's like a soap opera for soft rockin' boomers. Sarah. Uh, Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac is correct. Because the sheets that are frozen, the flows they are showing on growing in regions of high latitude. No. And all those seals and bears and whales have to move because the sea level's rising. They're really screwed. Yeah, they're screwed. And we're all so screwed. Rue. The ice caps. Yes, yeah. the ice caps is what we're looking for. That's right. Now, if the caps are melting, are they still caps? Just a question. <laughs> or are they more blankets? No, they're, they're more blankets. They're more blankets. That's yeah. Right. Anyways, fun parody game, climate change apocalypse. Next question. <laughs> uh, here's your next clue. Here's the queen to remind you of this former kingdom of colonies. It seems fair. They revolted. Like in Kenya, Egypt, and India, and you, you, USA. Ruth. This feels personal. Uh, the Commonwealth, the United Kingdom Commonwealth. Yeah, we'll take that. We're looking for the British Empire. We're bigger, but yes, we'll take it. I refuse it. to call them that. No, I, I, I'm, absolutely, I'm with you 100%. Well said. Things seemed pretty well. In 1922, then not quite as well until 91. Don't you forget about me, Mr. Gorbachev. See, I'm giving Yeltsin all of my former power. Now they can do as they please, those Eastern blocky countries. This would make Marx and Lenin even more dour. Root. The Soviet Union? The Soviet Union, that's right. Because the love that they shared wasn't spared from the air. Dirty laundry, no divorce, but annulled instead. Two-door king who disagreed with the Pope Quite a scope, six weddings Where was his head? Wife two's head He chopped up her head Eerie silence Sarah Henry VIII uh, yeah, We need the and couple Anne Boleyn Yeah, that's right <laughs> But we discussed we would also accept Just Anne Boleyn Because she also um, <laughs> broke <laughs> Also broke up, technically. Also broke up, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, this is your last clue. Well, did you ever notice that each landmass looks like a puzzle piece? They once were all connected in this most giant supercontinent tech, tech, tectonic plates. Rue, thank you. Thank you very much. Rue. Pangea. Pangea, that's right. <laughs> Giant megacontinent. That's back when you didn't have to take planes or boats. You could just drive everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it was just so much easier to get around. <laughs> yeah, there was great trains. Yeah. Great game. Rue is in the lead. 
If you met your significant other playing words with friends and now you're more than just friends, you should be a contestant on our show. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, we'll talk to comedian Mo Ammer. Earlier in the show, we played a smell-based game with Dasha, and soon we're going to play a visual game with Mo. What's next? A game where you have to lick your radio? Mmm, tastes like Ari Shapiro. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the Walton Family Foundation, where opportunity takes root. More information is available at waltonfamilyfoundation.org. Hey, everyone. I want to let you know that every Friday in April, we're spotlighting women in comedy, and we've got a great lineup. From the Netflix series Russian Doll, we've got actor Greta Lee and co-creator Leslie Headland. Plus, Retta from NBC's Parks and Recreation and Good Girls, and so much more. Start listening next Friday. Planet Money tip number 17. A great analogy doesn't have to make sense. Busier than a one-legged bobcat covering up his own crap on a frozen pond. Didn't you just make that up? <laughs> well, yeah. Just... Planet Money, a poetic podcast about the economy. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Rue and Sarah. Soon they'll play a Thanksgiving word game. And no, it's not about how to tell your uncle why he's racist while your mouth is full of candied yams. <laughs> First, let's check in with our contestants. Rue, both of your parents went to culinary school. Yes. Uh, so from a food point of view, food-focused what do you tend to eat on special occasions? Uh, my partner and I actually have a tradition of going to B-dubs. For those in the know, it's Buffalo Wild Wings. And <laughs> we get a 20-pack. Yeah. Because splashing out. And a bottle of Prosecco. And uh, Fine pairing. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Sarah, you stole your own placenta <laughs> from the hospital where you gave birth. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so the placenta is there, and what people walk out and you shove it in your bag? So, thanks to my wonderful husband, he asked the doctor if we could have some alone time as a family after the baby was born. Perfect. And uh, we had come prepared with the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> The funniest thing was that when he left carrying the cooler to go put it in my mom's car, he passed the doctor. <laughs> the whole family is in on your caper. Absolutely. Okay. He passed the doctor in yeah. the hallway, and she said, is that food in there or a placenta? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, my husband, he said, food? And she just ignored him and let him walk out of the hospital, uh, but she probably knew. Good doctor. Good doctor. <laughs> Uh, that's an incredible story. And also, <laughs> frankly, inspirational for women. Fantastic. Okay, so in honor of your impending awkward dinner, we are playing a word game called Thanksgiving Mashups. Every answer mashes up a traditional Thanksgiving dish with another word or phrase. For example, if I said, Grandma, I'm glad you enjoyed E.L. James's erotic romance novel, but please stop talking about it and pass the meat juice you would answer 50 shades of gravy. <laughs> okay. I apologize to everybody. That, <laughs> it's disgusting on a thousand levels. Yes, I know. 
Remember, the Thanksgiving food will always come second in the mashup, and the points are double. Rue, stay in the lead, and you are in our final round. Sarah, you need to get more points, or you'll have to touch the turkey towel. (laughs) Here we go. Timmy, it's way past Halloween. Turn off that novelty Bobby Pickett song about dancing ghouls and eat your creamy tubers. If you want to ring in and just talk it out, Sarah. Okay, it's mashed potatoes, and there's a song about Halloween characters dancing and the monster mashed potatoes. There you go, that's right. Aunt Linda, thanks for recommending that 1983 movie based on Tom Wolfe's book about the Mercury 7. By the way, (laughs) this bread cube mixture you cooked in the turkey's body cavity is delicious. I hope I don't get salmonella. 1983 movie based on a Tom Wolfe book about the Mercury 7. Oh, Oh, Sarah. The right stuffing? That's right! I never stop believing in you guys. Yeah, I never yeah. stop. It's great. It's great. Instead of watching football, let's marathon that TLC reality show about choosing a wedding gown. And we can eat leftovers of the side dish that is like stuffing, but not cooked inside the turkey. No salmonella here. Say, say yes to the dressing. That's right. You got it. <laughs> Jenny, your hands are so smooth. Have you been using moisturizer with that fat extracted from an African tree nut? And did your soft hands help when you cooked this semi-sweet orange gourd? It's just a normal thing that you would say at Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Sarah, shea butternut squash. Yeah, that's (laughs) correct. I always say that before I ask Jenny for money. All right, here's your last clue. I had to break it to my cousin Sally that one-horned horses aren't real. She cried into her leavened, baked maize. Rue. Unicorn bread? Yeah, that's right. Oh, my goodness, it's a tie. So we have a tiebreaker. Here you go. Which president made Thanksgiving a national holiday in 1863 during the Civil War? Sarah. Abraham Lincoln. That is correct. Well played, both of you. That was an amazingly hard game. You guys are great. And after two games, Sarah is moving on to our final round. While Karen and Sarah get ready for our final round, it's time for us to meet our next special guest. He's a comedian who's recently on tour with Dave Chappelle and his Netflix special is called The Vagabond. Please welcome Mo Amber. Hi. Welcome to Ask Me Another. So Mo, when you were nine years old, your mother and sister and you fled from Kuwait to come to Houston. Right. And then five years later, <laughs> you were actually doing stand-up at 14 years old in front of your class at school? Correct. How did that happen? Um, like, why was that okay? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you know, it was a tough time. We fled war in Kuwait. We ended up in Houston, Texas, which is a, you know, natural destination for refugees. <laughs> uh, 
Um, it, you know, it was a very difficult circumstance. And I saw stand up for the first time when I was 10 at the rodeo. And I told my brother, I was like, this is what I'm going to do for a living. Yeah. He was like, you're crazy. Uh, and then four years later or five years later, excuse me, my father passed away. So I really stopped caring about school or, or just anything, really. <laughs> and my English teacher, who uh, said, don't you want to be a comedian? How would your father feel if you don't graduate? Just really pierced my heart. She goes, listen, you go up in front of the class right now and recite a monologue from Shakespeare, and I'll let you do stand-up on a weekly basis in class. And But the deal is that you can't skip. I was like, oh my God, this is the best deal I've ever had in my life. Yeah. I just walked up in front of the class of me. I wiped the tears in front of my eyes and I grabbed the English text and I just walked on stage or walked in front of the class, excuse me, and I was just like, to me or not to me? That is the question. So I just, from then on, and then the next day I started doing stand-up and I was like, oh my God, I got to write a whole set. And I did. <laughs> And then I kept writing regularly, and I kept doing stand-up regularly every week in class, and my teacher was just like, oh my God. She grabbed me, literally grabbed me by forearm, I'll never forget it, took me to the theater arts department. She's like, this kid's been coming to class every week writing original content. I think he belongs here. Uh, and that completely changed my life. I was an uh, honorary thespian at that point. I mean, like she, I was like doing... You know, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. I've learned I could sing, and I was doing musical <laughs> theater, and she completely changed my life. And then I graduated at 17. I graduated early, and I started doing stand-up right out of the gate. That's amazing. Here it is. I can't believe you, you went on the high school circuit. Yeah, I did. I would get out of other class. It was like the dream. I would leave class. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm leaving. Like, where are you going? Oh, I got to go do stand-up in Spanish. I got three shows today. <laughs> so we got a quiz. Ah, uh, it's fine. Everything is fine. You've said that comedy for you is like therapy. Like, everyone has a different reason why they do it, I feel. Mm -hmm. So in, in what way do you mean that? I mean, to have the ability or the platform to speak truths that just gnaw at you on a daily basis, minute to minute, to be able to take it on stage and to make it hilarious, hopefully at least, <laughs> is very rewarding. And there is something that happens inside of me that knows that this is where I belong, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just this space where I grew up in a world where you don't talk about politics, you know? Don't say this, don't say that. You know, we fled war. My mom's fled two or three at this point, you know? So I lived in that world for so long, it, it was really detrimental to my own soul and being. And I found stand-up to be one of the most rewarding things that I could do in life. Because I've had therapy. I've been married almost 13 years at this point. And, <laughs> I mean, it's great. Yeah. But it's not like stand-up. It's, it's, it's like the guy on stage, Chappelle's the one who taught me this. He was like, man, the guy on stage is the guy who's real. It's like Larry David, his show. He's like, no, no, that's actually me who I'm on the street when I'm out of the show is actually the fake dude. This is the real dude. Right. And that's and that's something like that's really, really special when you can truly do that. And it takes a long time. You don't just walk on stage and you just reel right out of the gate. That's fantastic. Now, you've toured the world. You um, have been on tour with Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, a lot of different audiences. People have different reference points. So what, from your point of view, is your surefire material to go to that you know will work regardless of people's background or where they live? The trick is about stand-up is that if you're not real, 
I don't care if you're in Cape Town, South Africa, or in Temple, Texas, people will sniff that out. <laughs> That's so true. It really doesn't matter what location you're in. It matters what state of mind you're in. It's meditation. That's what does it for me. It doesn't matter where I am. Okay, Mo. Uh-huh. You used to work at a flag shop in Houston, Texas. You have no idea how excited we were to learn that. You have no idea how, you know, scared I am for... No. I'm ready. For your Ask Me Another Challenge, I'm going to describe a flag, and you're just going to tell me the country. All right. I mean, I've never done this before. Describe. I like to see... I'm a visual person, yeah, but yeah. let's do this. Okay, well, it's going to be great. All right. This country's flag is white with a red circle in the middle representing Japan. the sun. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. This Mediterranean country's flag has a cedar tree in the center, which represents... Lebanon. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, oh, Lebanese people came out. Or one guy who likes hummus. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. This country has the only flag in the world that isn't four-sided. Nepal. Whoa! I'm out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to give the rest of the clue just so the listeners can be like, mm. I needed more. It's made of two right triangles, which represent the Himalayas and also Hinduism and Buddhism, the country's two main religions. But you got it after just the first line. Well, it's the only one that doesn't have it. It's always find it to be funny. Nepal's like, oh, yeah, two triangles <laughs> in your face, everybody. Right. You know, I didn't know that's what they stood for. So that's really cool. This country's flag has a blue background with six white stars, and the United Kingdom's flag is in the... Australia? Yeah, that's right. New Zealand and Australia, pretty much the same flag, but when you said six stars... Right, you knew Southern Cross. Mm -hmm. And it's got the United Kingdom's flag in the upper left corner, like a picture-in-picture. Yeah, I know. That's what I do in my special. It's like like FaceTiming their flag. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I get a lot of gratification in making fun of the British. I don't know why. Maybe because I mean, they occupied the whole world at one point. Yeah, figured, exactly. You know. This is your last clue. This country's flag kind of looks like the Italian flag, but the center bears an eagle with a snake in its beak. Mexico. Yeah, perched on a cactus. Mexico. You did incredible. This Pretty was, good. I was so happy to play this game with you, and you... You did it. You earned a Rubik's Cube, and you're also just a delight. Thank you so much. Most comedy special is called The Vagabond. It's streaming now on Netflix. Give it up for Mo Ammer. Thank you, guys. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Karen Chi, who dreams of becoming a barn fiddler. And Sarah Petite McLure, who stole her own placenta. Karen, Sarah, your final round is called ZZ Topics. Every answer contains the consecutive letters ZZ or ZZ, if you want to say it the right way. Our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube, signed by Dasha Polanco and Mo Ammer. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Sarah is going first. Here we go. Sarah, Tim Allen voices this Toy Story character. Buzz Lightyear. That's correct. Karen, styles of this food include New York, deep dish, and grandma. Pizza. That is correct. 
Sarah, this Italian cheese is traditionally made from the milk of water buffaloes. Mozzarella? Correct. Karen, this brown bear's name could describe its hair or its demeanor. Grizzly. Correct. Sarah, it's a hot tub with jets named after its inventor whose first name was Candido. Jacuzzi. Correct. Karen, this magic school bus teacher took her students on field trips that looked amazing and terrifying. Miss Frizzle! (laughs) Yes. Sarah, she's a hip-hop artist from Minneapolis whose single Fitness was dropped in March 2018. I had no idea. Okay. The answer is Lizzo. Lizzo. Karen, this website contains news, memes, and clickbait quizzes such as build a hamburger and we'll tell you which G20 leader you are. BuzzFeed. That is correct. We're at the halfway point and Karen is in the lead four to three. Sarah, this song kicks off the musical Chicago. Oh, all that jazz. (laughs) Correct. Karen, later in the musical Chicago, Billy Flynn sings this song about legal theatrics. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Want to take a guess? (laughs) Jazz hands? (laughs) Good guess. The answer is Razzle Dazzle. Sarah, this British actor and comedian wrote, Believe Me, a memoir of love, death, and jazz chickens. British. Uh, I have no idea. Three seconds. British comedian. Eddie Izzard. Ah. Karen, this Black Sabbath frontman famously bit the head off of a bat. Is he pop? (laughs) (laughs) Good guess. We were looking for Ozzy Osbourne. Sarah, this Italian term for a female singer means half soprano. Mezzo soprano. That is correct. Karen, he was the king of Babylon from 605 to 561 BC. Three seconds. I don't know. We were looking for Nebuchadnezzar, the second. What? The score is five to four. Sarah, if you get this question right, you win. Sarah, it's part of the bird's digestive system. Gizzard. That is correct. Well done. Congratulations, Sarah. Well done, Karen. You're awesome. And that's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to Thou Jolt a Cannon. Our puzzles were written by Camilla Franklin, Ruth Morrison, and senior writers Karen Lurie and J. Keith Van Stratton, with additional material by Emily Winter. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another's produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Edward Wyckoff-Williams, Ramel Wood, and our intern Alexis Stromer, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Rick Kwan, David Hurtkin, Valve Tone Recordings, and Ari Davinellos. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our live event sponsor, American Mensa. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Join us on Wednesday, April 10th for a live taping of Ask Me Another at the Bell House. We'll be joined by actress Retta. You know her as Ruby Hill on NBC's Good Girls and Donna Meagle on Parks and Recreation. Tickets and more information at amatickets.org.
This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, we kick off our Women in Comedy Month. From the Netflix series Russian Doll, we've got actor Greta Lee and writer Leslie Headland, And they reveal the show's origins and reflect on how its unique fashion is bound to inspire some Halloween costumes. Then we challenge them to a game about weird and wonderful nesting dolls. So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. 